0: Welcome to another edition of The List, a Write Fiction podcast. We've got a great show for you all today about our favorite albums from 2010 to 2020. Before we get started, if you love the pod, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe on your listening app. It helps us reach new listeners like you. Also, be sure to check out our companion Spotify playlist with all our picks that we mention in the pod. The link is in the show details. Now, on to the show. (music) The tens, the teens. I'm not sure what the last decade is called, but I know there was some pretty good music happening. We got the massive albums "21" and "25" from Adele. Kendrick Lamar blew up with "Good Kid, M.A.D. City." The Pimp a Butterfly and "Damn," and the usual suspects of Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Taylor Swift, and Drake also released huge albums. Those artists and their albums received lots of attention over the last decade. But for weirdos like us those artists didn't quite hit the sweet spot. Our favorite albums of the past decade can be found in most instances off the beaten path by well-established artists leaving their final legacies and also by artists who have yet to achieve the massive fame that they so deserve. That is why we are so excited for today's show, where we'll discuss our favorite albums of the last decade and hopefully shine a light on some of these albums that we feel just absolutely need to be heard. So hang out with us for a bit and see if our list matches yours. And with that, on to the show. Here are the guys. We got Adam. Hey. We, <laughs> we got Brendan. Good morning. Freddie. Yo. And me, I am Aaron, the, Stock, the hey. John Stockton of Podcasts. Stock Johnson. And with that, Adam, <laughs> the Stock Johnson of Podcasts, uh. <laughs> Adam what is your first pick today sir
1: all right my my first one here is uh right at the uh, precipice of the the tens the the 2k tens whatever we're going to call them and uh that is a kanye west my beautiful dark twisted fantasy um i know i mean at the, at this moment he's kind of known as kind of a you know not not exactly you know in the same realm but there was a time when he was just untouchable and brilliant and this album i have on vinyl i love it i mean it's just i feel like i kind of his first three he really you know on his first three are great too i think they're great and he got his feet wet but this one just kind of he really just hit with some great songs on there some great guest spots i mean uh i mean monster great Nicki minaj in there like runaway is one of those like anthemic things he's got it just really, this one kind of felt really tied together. And then kind of after this is when it all kind of started to slowly unravel. But like I think this was like the zenith of Kanye right here.
0: Uh, my number three, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy. Nice. Brendan, what's your number three pick?
2: And number three, I have an album from 2012. Love This Giant, the collaboration between St. Vincent, Andy Clark, and David Byrne. I love this record. I think it is so unique in every way. The use of horns are amazing. Is amazing. The arrangements are incredible. The production value. John Congleton uh, lends his whole world to this. It's super cool. Drum sounds are great. There's like some quirky production value. I think just the two, the meeting of of those two minds of David Byrne and Annie Clark are just. It's like a really. It's just a really cool outcome, and I love this record.
0: Nice, nice. Ready? what's your number three-ish pick?
3: <laughs> <laughs> the third or the first album I'm going to mention is Boys and Girls by the Alabama Shakes. Um, I got to love this album just because it, it is like nothing else. Uh, genre-wise, that is happening in this decade. It's kind of like a throwback to, you know... Bunch of people in a room playing together like the good old days, which appeals to me. And I heard this album actually uh, before it came out because uh, the artist that I had been with for a very long time was managed by the same people that managed these guys. And I was played a demo of, not a demo, but I have played the record because this this record is basically was recorded before they were signed. And they just took this record and released it. So I heard it before way before it came out. And I was like, yeah, yep. These guys, they have a they're gonna have a career. And I was right, and they were right. That's my third slash first record today. Very
0: nice. Very nice. Um, and it's my go with my number three pick of the last decade. And I'm gonna go with the ARC. Angel, Archangel, Archangel, uh, 2010 uh, by Janelle Monae. Um, I absolutely love this record. Um, This was a dark period in music for me. I didn't like anything that was out there at all. Um, And this record came around and all of a sudden I was like, yo, who is this? And like, what is she doing? Um, Because I mean, it's like, there's so much going on with the, the you know, Sir Greendowns, uh, Wonderland. These these songs on this record are just so creative, um, and um, I don't think she has the strongest voice, but it doesn't matter because the songs and the production and the ideas are so, so amazing. So that's and my number three. She's yeah, a good
3: actor. On. She's a good actor. Oh, she! Well.
0: I just saw I just saw Hidden Figures the other day. I loved it. She's, she's oh, great. Man, she's so good. Yeah. She's great. She is so good. She's so talented. Um. So that's my number three pick. Um, now I'll kick it back to you, Adam. What's your All number right. two pick?
1: My number two is uh, from the year 2011. It's uh, by the band Destroyer. It's called "Kaput," and this um, this one is actually uh, I've only turned on this one the last few months, and it's it's one of those things. It's like to me, it kind of has like this like this 80s vibe to it, but with like modern sounds. It's very sound sa- and it's very soundscapey. Um, I don't know. I mean, I know we were doing like Roxy Music's Avalon. For some reason, I keep getting tied back to that. For some reason, it reminds me of that a little bit. But it's just, uh, there's kind of, it's like a little, it's it's kind of chill. It's kind of dancey. It's, uh, and I know, I mean, you look around, it's gotten great reviews and everything. But I, I don't really see a lot of people talking about it. But I, I, I've I been really enjoying the heck out of it these last few months. Um, uh, and uh, and, then, and there are other stuff is good, too. But this one really stands above the rest for me. Uh, Destroyer Kaput, number two.
0: Yeah, I really I really enjoyed that record. Um, So, Brendan, what's your number two?
2: My number two is a very recent album and maybe our most recent on the list. I'm not sure. But I went with Justin Vernon, Bon Iver's 2019 release, I, I, or I and I, as I later found out, it's a sort of a Bob Marley reference that he was going for. I think this is a tremendous record. I think... Some of the songs are are timeless. The songwriting on it is iconic. Songs like Hey Ma, Naeem are just amazing, amazingly penned tunes. But then you take the songs themselves and then you complement them with his production style. I think he's hitting his stride in an amazing way. The combination of these like cool string treatments and then what he does to his voice with effects and layering and stacking of harmonies, I think is just gorgeous. And... Tying something to Adam, I think his uh, collaboration with Kanye really informed everything he did after. I think you can hear it in his phrasing, and I think he's grown a lot as an artist. And I was really late to the Bon Iver party, so to speak. Like, I didn't totally get his thing for a long time. And then this record comes out last year and just grabbed me completely. So that's my number two.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Got some uh, questions about that one, uh, Brandon. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Freddie, what's your number two ish pick? (laughs) My number
3: two pick is David Bowie's Black Star. And, uh, man, this album just the whole timing of everything is, is, is just first of all, I wouldn't put it past Bowie to engineer it the way he did. Came out on his birthday and two days before he passed. Just the whole thing is just otherworldly to me, and as is the first quote unquote single. I mean, it's just it's beyond 25th and final studio album by David Bowie, Black Star, amazing group of musicians, some of the best in the world, and uh, you know, maybe not his greatest songwriting ever. But it's just, this record gives me the chills. And uh, it's a masterpiece, regardless. My second pick, David Bowie's Black Star.
0: Nice, nice. Um, And uh, it's my turn here for my number two pick. This is Aaron again. Uh, My number two pick is The 7 EP by Emily King. Um, And as I was mentioning in my first pick... Um, when the Archangel Android came out, uh, for Janelle Monáe, this, this period of music around the turn of the decade was like really dark. I didn't really like any music that I was out. And then the Janelle Monáe album came out. And then right after that in 2011, Emily King dropped the seven EP. And I was like, Whoa, what is this? The sounds were awesome. The songs were awesome. Um, I just love the way her voice floated on those tracks. Um, I really could just like melt into those songs. And uh, so that's uh, my number two pick, Emily King, the seven EP. And uh, let me kick it back to you, Adam, for your number one pick. What is your number one pick from the last decade? I'm talking about this is your number one pick from the last decade. Oh, is that what
1: it's supposed to be?
0: Adam, (laughs) the pressure is on.
1: Oh, my God. Now, th- this this was a, a pretty easy for me, actually. Um, my number one is uh, the album that's called Sparkle Hard. It's by Stephen Malcolmus and the Jicks. I'm I'm a Pavement fan from way, way back. And, uh, I mean, and then I'm a, I am was a fan of the solo Malcolmus stuff. I mean, Pavement only really lasted the 90s. And then that was going good, and then Pavement got back together. I went and saw them a couple times. And then it, it, and I saw some, some more solo Malcolmus, and it kind of felt like he kind of hit this kind of hit kind of plateaued and then right bang in 2018 comes back out with this one has just great writing great creativity it's it's like it's different than any of his other stuff and even since he's had a even after this album he's done a an electronic album and like a um, a roots americana album the guy the guy just does has no quit in him because like slanted and enchanted was like almost 30 years ago and he's still like He's inspiring to me because he's just still he's still creative. He's still he's still trying new things. And and, you know, the, it, there was always this mold, you know, of like, you know, you know, prolific songwriting and all this, you know, there's only this certain window. And I feel like guys like him are are uh, are breaking that mold. And that, you know, gives me hope that I can just keep going writing stuff forever. So Steve Malkmus and the Jicks,
0: number one. Nice. You, you can keep going, Adam. You're you can do it, man. We believe in you. i'm I'm trying hard, but <laughs> <laughs> too too much Disney in your head, I guess. <laughs> oh, I, need, I, need, I need the birds. I need the birds and the ribbons <laughs> uh, all right, Brendan, Here it is for an entire decade. That's a lot of years. Your number one pick, Brendan.
2: No pressure what is it? Here's for all the marbles. So I will say with all three of my picks, I sort of came for the production and I stayed for the songs. And my number one pick is no exception to that. And so my my top pick for this topic is Tame Impala 2015 record "Currents," and this record, more so than any other Tame Impala record, did it for me. Like it, it definitely checks all my boxes. I think it's got such cool like psychedelic elements the guitar sounds the fuzzy stuff is is all there for me and then it's got such great synthesizer sounds the drum production is way cool but then you've got really catchy songs and i think that kevin parker tapped into something special with this album because everything before was very very much in like the psychedelic camp and then this one comes out and he has this like huge dance vibe throughout the record songs like let it happen like you just let that song happen to you and it's like just it's a jam the whole way through though it's not (laughs) just a suggestion (laughs) (laughs) i think it's a mandate yeah and i've seen tame impala live a couple of times they're amazing it's just like this whole visual experience to go along with the music everything is perfectly synced up with the show and i they um they really had a, have had a big influence on me in the work that I do and some of the experimentation ex- exploration I try to do sonically. So that's part of what put this record up to the top for me.
0: Nice. I can hear that. I can hear cool.
2: that. Um, let's see, Freddie.
0: Yo, uh, You're number one slash number two slash number <laughs> three pick of the decade.
3: Okay, so another guy whose last record was made this decade before he passed is uh John Prine The Tree of Forgiveness and I mean when I get to heaven wow come on yeah yeah uh oddly enough he actually this is an album that he co-wrote about a bunch of songs with other people with which is not really like him and oddly enough one of the people he co-wrote a song was with was phil Spector. i don't know how that worked out uh maybe it's an old song or maybe he just used a a phrase or a lyric that phil Spector had i I don't know i'm gonna have to research that but uh
0: sounds like like drugs to me (laughs) it's
3: like a
1: facetime through
0: uh, from jail
3: (laughs) yes exactly um yeah so that's my uh third and final or top I mean you know there's a couple honorable mentions that I was gonna put as the third pick but I guess we'll save that for uh, the end of the pot but sure there you go tree of forgiveness forgiveness all right
0: um, probably uh, it's my turn now um, John Stockton here um, a black Stockton uh, and uh, my number one pick of the decade um and it's probably so i picked this topic this this week guys and it's the only reason i wanted to pick this topic is so we can talk about this record <laughs> that's it that's it it's, it's sometimes it's as simple as that this is the best album in my opinion of the decade it's uh d'angelo's black messiah and uh i really uh i didn't like this record at first um I just thought the songs were like a little lackluster, but the production values were so high. Um, But after a while, I just, uh, I still don't think the songs are super strong, but I just can't stop listening. So that's kind of um, where I come to on this. And that's why this is my number one pick, uh, number one album of the decade, Black Messiah, D'Angelo, 2014. And um, on that note, I think we're going to take a short break and be back. Uh, in a little while with uh, more discussion. Uh, Hang tight and we'll be back in a second. We gave a lot of great picks uh, for the decade, and I want to start with Brendan's pick, uh, his top pick, uh, which is Tame Impala. Is that correct? Did I say that right? Yeah. Tame Impala Currents, um, 20, released in 2015. Um, I listened to this record, uh, and actually I really liked it. Of, of all the records that people put on the Spotify playlist, which you can find on Spotify, um, this was actually my favorite non, non-me pick. and um one of the things that i i found about this record though was that it i didn't i just was like vibing i didn't hear i didn't feel any like songs per se it reminded me a lot of like justice do you guys know that that band mm-hmm. justice it reminded me a little bit it was just like vibey like i was just vibing and drinking a beer and vibing i'm sure for anybody who's not looking i'm like swaying back and forth <laughs> um and uh so so brendan tell me a little bit about this i know you said you came for the production for all your picks just about you came for the production but stayed for the songs um what about the production that brought you to this album specifically
2: i love the swirliness of what he does in his you records said the swirliness, the swirliness swirly swirly yeah yeah <laughs> not to be confused let's not get it twisted uh something about it like it it's kevin parker builds an entire sound world in his records like you can hear all of his influences like from from the beatles up through like sort of modern hip-hop in some of the in some of the tunes so like i think all of that is encompassed encapsulated in in uh in his music and then i think the songwriting is strong i think he does he does often get um Picked on for that that the songs don't hold up, and maybe they wouldn't hold up if he was just playing an acoustic guitar and singing them. but the thing is part of his whole deal are the effects are are the is the swirl like it's it's one of those things that like I've come to learn in production too of like if you're recording a singer and the singer is used to hearing themselves a certain way, you better load up that those effects for them because you sing into the effects, and I think he is very much part of that like I can imagine when he records, he's got to have like stereo delay in his headphones. So when he sings into that, he can like really feel it. And I think that they're inseparable. So for me, I think the songs do hold up, but they cannot be separated from the production.
0: And, and Adam, you were talking like you, you really enjoyed this record too. Um, what, you know, what are your, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, I, I'm a, I'm a long time fan. I'm a long time fan. I've, uh, been there from the, from the beginning ish, but, um, just a quick uh, anecdote. I, I've uh, actually I thought it was five times. It's actually four. I've seen them the first four times they were in town, and just listen to this progression over like a three year period. The first time I saw them was a uh, was two albums before Currents' uh, Inner Speaker was out, really psychedelic trip, and I saw them at the basement of the first Unitarian Church,
2: oh, yeah. and I uh,
1: and and that's probably I, I can't remember the year. It must have been like 2011, 2010, 2000. I sweated my cojones off to like it was so hot down there but it was it was a great show and then another year then lonerism came out which is one i happen to like a little better than this one but maybe it's just because the next show i saw them was at union transfer and and from from the church the union transfer and it was like it was just the some of the be- maybe the best sounding show i've seen at union transfer you know it can get a little muddy there sometimes but this was just this clear note perfect show and then still coming back from that album and then they were back with um at the Electric Factory. After that, so I didn't saw him at the Electric Factory, and then we don't have to get into how it sounds there, All right? But uh, and then actually, still before Currents came out, because there's like a four year gap there, I think. And then I saw him a, a fourth time, um, at Penn's Landing. Op- and they were opening for the Flaming Lips.
3: Whoa! Yeah. And they and they, great. They,
1: they they out. Yeah. Oh, and, and 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 opening before them was, if you're not familiar, a Ghost of a Sabertooth Tiger, Tiger, uh, a Sean Lennon's band actually pretty cool stuff he, he, and you know i know his dad's kind of got this name and all that but sean lennon does have some good stuff yeah, but i mean I tame built. impala was was uh you know uh head and shoulders above any performance there flaming lips were having one of their experimental albums and i've, I've enjoyed some of their albums but it was just they were they were weird tame impala kind of stole the show on there but then the, then they did the, the tower for currents i missed that show i, I had to work but. i was at that show yeah. yeah, so you you picked you picked up where I left off. How was that show? As
2: far as the live thing, it was amazing. But the show that really drove it home for me was, I guess, two summers ago at the Man. Amazing, mm. one of the best oh, visual, yeah. visual shows I've ever seen. The projection was like just so beautifully done with the music.
1: I find I find with uh, Tame Impala too. This I don't know how you guys th- feel about this, but you know how like prom- prominent bands these days like. You know what? We what what rises to the top what becomes the Coachella headliners. Like Tame Apollo just like surprises me amongst the crew, and I'm I'm happy for him. But I'm just like I would never thought Kevin Parker, who pretty much plays everything on all the records, like I wouldn't think he would be the guy. Like their the, Tame Apollo would be the band that like is like with you know all these like super pop bands and stuff.
2: You know, I it's so funny you say that. I had the same feeling when I saw them at the man. Like I felt like the old guy there. There's like all these like young cool kids that are loving this music, and I was like i'm glad to see that good for them
0: <laughs> well uh, that's a that's a great that's a great intersection because i was gonna say why like now i i, I preface this with saying this is my favorite album of the of not my albums but why is this like the why does this band like all like the cool kids like this i that just irritates the crap out of me i'm like they're cool but and it's a good album but like uh, I had some friends that were like, "Oh, did you go to see the do you go to see the same you go to see the same? no, I don't it's Evan Tame and Tame and Poo Poo. What, <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, and and I, why is it, Why are they like the the hipster like go to? I don't understand. Freddie, help me out. You know.
3: Well, uh, what I do know is that uh, in the past, a lot of my students had liked to learn songs off of this particular album because. Uh, yeah, it's a little psychedelic, and also uh, the dance ability, the beats are kind of easy for them to just hop on and, and groove along with.
2: So makes that sense is sense. one
3: thing that, you know, yes, a lot of young students of mine in the past have used this as a go-to record. That makes so
0: much sense. I mean, because it, it is easy to, like, latch onto it, like, as I did. Yeah. I I just latched onto it. <laughs> Uh, Adam, what's up, man?
1: <laughs> you know, and it makes me think maybe we should get like a like a twenty year old kid on the pod sometimes, so we can be all be like, "Wow, how out of touch are
0: we?" You know, <laughs> uh,
2: that would be a painful episode. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: We'll just like, we'll wow, just what are you listening <laughs> to? <laughs> we'll just mute him or her the whole time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right, move, move, moving away from that. um I wanted to talk to you, Freddie, about uh, uh, Alabama shakes. Yes um tell me why this album specifically the one you picked um was you know one of of your top picks of the decade
3: well like i said one of the things when i was introing the album is it's kind of a throwback i mean you don't really get a lot of groups or albums where it's a bunch of people playing in a room together (gasps) imagine that you know as opposed to some guy in a mom's basement with the programmer and, you know, sequencer and Ableton and whatever. You mean,
0: you mean Sam (laughs) and (laughs) Paula?
3: I am not mentioning any names. No, but it's real people playing real music in real time. And that's the thing in this day and age, unfortunately, is a rarity. And that's the thing that stuck out to me. Plus, Brittany Howard is a force to be reckoned with. She is a force. Yes, Brandon. So I have to ask you, Freddie, how
2: how do the other records shape up for you and Britney Howard's solo album? Because for me, this record, like it came out, and I was like, "All right, I, all right," but like it sounds a little sophomoric in the plane. And but like, if nothing else, this record by the, the Alabama Shakes, like it was a great demo for Britney Howard. But, like, so how, yeah. how does the rest of that catalog hold up for you?
3: Not as well, because the songs, to me, aren't as good. <laughs> I'm a wow. song guy. I'm a song guy through and through. So production is great, but without the songs, you got nothing to produce, in my opinion. That's, that's my, that's my uh, criteria, first and foremost, is songs. So oddly enough, the sec their second album wasn't having it. Her wow. solo stuff is good. It's good.
0: There's not a song in sight. When a uh, when a solo album,
3: I know. Oh, man, uh, stay high. Are you kidding? That's a great song. I mean, yeah, but but it's
1: <laughs> ding ding.
3: Which which brings me <laughs> which bring, which is going to bring me to Aaron. Your pick D'Angelo's album. Yeah. He had fourteen he had fourteen years to write that record. I know for like seven of them, he was going through some personal hell. But to me personally, there's only a couple of good songs as far as songs. The grooves are amazing. But, yeah. you know, like song wise, you know. Really love amazing. The door, amazing. That you know, that's like Beatles territory. But yeah. the other songs, I I can't hum a note.
0: Freddie, I, I completely agree with you. And actually, um, it's it's a little funny story with, with this particular pick. Um, this is my just so you guys know, this is my number one pick from the decade. But when this first came out, um, I released my album, my second album, I think. And I was doing all these tour stuff or whatever, um, and uh, uh, interviews and promo or whatever. And I talked to this one guy um, in uh, this UK magazine, and you can probably find it out there somewhere. And he talked about, what are you listening to? or da-da-da-da. And somehow I was like, yeah, that, that D'Angelo album, uh, it's kind of it's so-so. I don't like it that much. So there's some, somewhere on the internet, there's an interview of me um, in a UK magazine talking about how I like, crapped on this album. And um, since then, I've listened to it immensely. And I just keep going back to it. I'm like, oh, what do we? What, what do you want to listen to? I'll oh, listen to that. It's like, if I'm not listening to Stevie Wonder or Prince, I'm like, ah, oh, listen to, listen, listen to that record. And uh, I, I just keep going back to it. So that's why it ended up in my, my number one. Um, Brendan, what do you, what you got to say?
2: That clarifies everything for me, because I wanted to take you to task on this pick, because I feel like we, you and I, have maybe talked about it briefly here and there and i didn't think that you were as into it as you are proclaiming to be in this episode so i'm glad to get clarity on what sounds like some conflicting feelings on the record but overall its influence is undeniable i remember when it came out it was either there were two types of people those who had heard the record and those who hadn't <laughs> you know like yeah. if, uh, with all of my circle of friends that was that was it like you either had listened to it and you were talking about it or you had no idea
3: yeah, Freddie, what do you got? Um, I just want to say that you know, I'm a big fan of D'Angelo. We've, I think, we've talked about this in the, in the past. I've seen him a couple times. Um, I love his first two albums, I love the sound of this record, I love the grooves. I don't love a lot of the songs, but I will say this also that I think. When it when and when it comes in terms of a uh, journalist or critic slash, I think a lot of people hopped on a bandwagon to say how great this record was because they were I don't know afraid because every a few people said it was great and then everybody said it was great and everybody was afraid to go against the cognizanti. Is that a is that the right pronunciation? Pronunciation. I like right it. Bandwagon. If
1: even if it isn't, I like it.
3: Uh, people were afraid to put it down because it's D'Angelo and he's been away for 14 years. And how can you not love it? And so I'm just thinking that it, it it, it was like, this is what's hip. This is what everyone's going with. And then that's why you were trashed for trashing him in that interview.
0: Yeah. I see. I, I, I I did it. The opposite guys hated it. I like it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, do you that's, hear that's what I'm one. saying?
3: Do you hear what I'm saying? Like yeah. people no, were no, the, the established critics were afraid to trash it because one or two cool guys said how great it was, and then everybody said how great it was. Yeah. And I he, could be totally wrong. I could be You know. Be wrong. You
0: know. That's probably actually why I hated it too. Because <laughs> everybody liked it, I was like, you know what this this has got to be garbage. Anti pitchfork sentiment.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Um, but I want to switch directions a little bit and go to um, another black guy that we have on our, on our list. And this is a, a guy that's had some troubles similar to D'Angelo. Um, Adam, you, you, got, you got to tell me about this Kanye thing, man. What's what's what up mean? with you? With... Speaking of Pitchfork, this album did have a perfect 10 on Pitchfork. It was the... What, Kanye's album?
1: Dark Twisted Fantasy was a perfect 10 on Pitchfork when it came out. Perfect i knew i i knew there was a reason why i hated it (laughs) (laughs) i just it was a bit of a departure from his first three it's like it's kind of a grandiose lush it's it's really self-indulgent over the top and you know sometimes that works and and it and it worked for me worked for me on this one i and i don't know what else to tell i was saying i i i I loved the first three albums and this one was just like wow he's just really going for it and then what are uh or this is his fifth actually, I think eight oh eights and heartbreak came out in between that, which actually turns out it was kind of an interesting uh that uh, people kind of followed in that the footsteps of that a little bit in in that in the industry for a little bit on that kind of uh you know auto tuny thing but uh but this one was just kind of as grandiose i don't know i just
0: i just love the the lushness over the topness of the whole thing and, and you as a person adam, I don't see you liking this album like <laughs> as i just a from all the songs that you write and the stuff you talk about, you're like Lil George, Lil George's daughter, Lil George's cousin. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, then, and you're like Kanye West. Yo, yo bro. This is the, I just don't see it. Like wh- how does this fit into your musical world? I mean, there's production. There's uh, there's some great, uh, there's some great uh,
1: lyrical pieces. There's just some, uh, I like anthemic things. I, 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 you cannot put me in a box, Aaron. You cannot put I me cannot. in a box. I mean,
0: you're you're right. right about that, sir. I mean, I'm
1: not, I'm not going to write this album, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but you I, could. W- you could be one day. I mean, I, I don't think anyone would want to hear that. <laughs> I mean, my, my hip hop album will be ready one day. I mean, maybe, you know, i you know, I'll be like, a, maybe when I'm like 70, I'll do like, well, you know, one of those like Pat Boone type of things where I like do something, you know, I'll, I'll go, maybe you, know, you we'll should Pat-
0: cover this album. Oh my God. Yo, I'll produce that for you.
1: Oh, my God. I mean, how and can I that perform record. that
0: live? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. Freddie?
3: Question. Is this the album that he uh collaborated with John Bryan on, by chance?
2: you no. know about that? No, it's not. And that was my question okay. for Aaron, because okay. I believe Aaron's a fan of late registration. So, oh, love it. So where does late registration grab you and my dark, twisted fantasy lose you?
0: Um... I mean, the simplest is one is good as one is bad, but that's not what you're really asking.
2: Um, we can do better.
0: Uh, Peel another layer back there, buddy. <laughs> I just think this uh, is it, it like musical. Late registration is just so musical from the first track when um, that guy Maroon 5 is singing, and I'm not really a huge fan of his singing, nothing but... At the end of that track, it just, like, goes into this, like, um, kind of, like, Indian kind of thing. I'm like, wow, where did that come from? On this, like, hip-hop track with this singer that's garbage. And it's like, I love it. And then when it goes to my beautiful, dark, whatever, it's just like, ah, this is just like and maybe it maybe it may it may it's for the kids i you know sometimes i just say that it's just for the kids and i don't understand this is from 10 uh, years ago you weren't a kid 10 <laughs> years ago. or you were a kid i don't know you know what i'm saying like I, I just don't get it like i don't get it like it's um, interesting
1: it's just interesting because i still think that the beats and production and everything is just as strong as those first three and i mean i'd say but i think this is where i think he kind of emptied the kitchen sink on this one and then uh well, here we are today and i mean well,
0: can, can i say this <laughs> is this after the the um taylor swift thing or is this before before this is before the Taylor before, swift thing. before yeah is it like right before i, I can't remember when the
1: vmas been, i mean it may be it might know. have been right before because i mean because once kanye i mean i think once kanye got knocked off his mountaintop it became like a, yeah the the you know well, um
0: he, contrived controversies you know well here's what i want to say about this is Um, I'm a little conflicted on this where I saw this on the playlist and I was like, oh, this guy. And then I was like, you know what? Let me get this, use this as an opportunity to check it out. Like, because like I have, I quote unquote have to for the, for, for, for for talking about it today. Uh And uh, I just felt so conflicted about like who he is as a person and listening to it that um, like now I just can't listen to it. And it's, and it's a, it's a. I listen to like Miles Davis and all these other horrible people, like so. Why can't I just listen to Kanye well, West? In, you didn't have to like be.
1: People. Well, he's still like going. It's like you know, miles past a while ago. Like John Lennon, if you want to talk about horrible people. Yeah, right. Know. Like I mean, that's the thing is the then the, the whole thing is trying to separate the art from the man or woman. So the, the art from the artist is, is is tough, and 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 Kanye is about as prime of an example as you can get, especially in this information age, or you know. If you want to have attention, you know, as we know, uh, a current, uh, you know, uh, political figure. And like, if you want attention, there's ways to hold on to it, and it's you know, and it's that whole "no press is bad press" thing. Is like Kanye kind of takes that to a certain level. I mean, is he? I mean, is he actually running for president, or you know, and
3: he? Who knows?
1: That's what I mean. It's like, and it's it's to the point, and especially because his last few albums have been quite lacking. That last one was just uh, uh, the the Christian one was just. Uh, rough i tried you know you you try to keep an open mind but uh kanye makes it hard he makes it really hard you know and maybe and say maybe 20 years like the perception will be different but like when you're living it and 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 we're in this age this instant you know you know miles davis didn't have to live through social media i mean imagine the stories that would come out about him oh
0: yeah or like or like
1: certain a lot of figures like you say like michael jordan you know during the social media era what how would have he you know i like It's a whole it's tougher for uh, you know, the um the famous people to hide their wackiness when the the wackiness happens. Brendan, what what do you think?
2: Well, I, I think it's a great point, and I think this could be a larger conversation, which I don't necessarily think is this episode, but I think the idea of artist mystique is something that has shifted dramatically as a result of social media, and there is no mystique anymore, by and large. And I think mystique is a is a big part of what drew us to certain artists like that wanting to know more wanting to know more but never being able to get that uh say what you want about kanye kanye he doesn't have mystique you know exactly what he's thinking about anything at all and people still love him for it so i think he he's a good example of just shifting the entire paradigm of what it means to be an artist in the modern age and what that looks like
0: sure sure um, I want to switch directions a little bit now, um, and I want to stay with you, Brendan. And I want you to tell me a little bit about "Love This Giant," the David Byrne and St. Vincent album that came out in 2012. You know, I I was listening to it, and I really actually enjoyed it to an extent. I enjoyed the production. Um, I'm a big production values guy, and um, I enjoyed the horns and stuff, and I enjoyed the kind of syncopation and stuff um but for me it this record was kind of like um it 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 did it was dirty but super clean um and did you feel that do you see that and um, what does that you know what does that say to you or or make you feel
2: i i do see that and i do hear that and i i never thought of it in in those terms but i think you've nailed it exactly and those are both words that I love to try to encompass in my own work, too. I love a certain amount of dirt to productions, but also things should be clean. And so those things are seemingly at odds. But on this record, they coexist really well. And I think subconsciously that's part of my my draw to the record. And I don't know, there's just something about this collaboration. Like, I think they the the two of them make sense working together, but I'm not sure that's a collaboration I ever would have. Thought about, I think just musically speaking, they're both coming from a very simpatico type of way, and so I think um, that co-writing process might have been should have been very interesting to to witness. I think they did a lot of it remotely, and then some of it in person. I had read a little bit about how they came together. It was actually sort of a a forced marriage in a way. They were like they met at a party, I think, and then there was this like commission for this concert to happen with brass that was like the theme and then the two of them got like mm. put together on it and then a record was born out of it I'm not even sure the concert ever happened so it was sort of uh, organically done in that way but also like it's not like a collaboration they ever were like dreaming of always doing It's just sort of like okay we're doing this now so uh, they're just two powerhouses of of producers and songwriters and I, I respect both of them and I think it's a really interesting record
0: Adam, what do you what do you got to say, man?
1: I just think the timing of that record too is what yeah, two thousand eleven, correct? That was uh, because both of them were in pretty great creative places at the time. Uh, Burn was just coming off that uh, Eno collab. Mm-hmm. Actually, I saw him at the tower. I saw him at the tower when he when he was doing that. When David Byrne was doing that, and uh, it was a Strange Mercy. Uh, uh, St. Vincent was right around kind of that time. a yeah, it, great it was record. Before, right before, right before, right now. That's fantastic. Adam that album. that so almost think it, made my list. It's a great right. album. I, I really, tur- I'm, I've had opportunities to see her, and just, I just they just never came through. I, I, I lament that, especially in, at that time.
0: Hmm. And so, taking it a different direction now, I'm going to go to you, my buddy Freddie. Yeah. Um, the tree of forgiveness, John Prine. Um, tell me a little bit about this pick, uh, and, and and I want you to tell me about this pick uh, in this context. I listened to this. Record, thought it was cool, but I don't get it at all. I don't understand it. I'm trying, I really want to get it
3: right to, to someone right. who
0: really wants to get it. I want to be on the John Prime chain, and I just don't even know where the station is.
3: Right, right, Help right. do me find the station. Well, I mean, I guess for me, part of it is because it was his last album before he uh passed away, he had been sick for a long time. Uh, I think he had cancer, Uh, and, and he survived that, and then he was sick again, and I mean, he's just an iconic songwriter to me, and uh, you know, I guess at this point he was trying to do some uh, co-writing with other people, because that's, maybe that's what you're supposed to do in Nashville. So maybe the song- the songs would have had a more cohesive identity for you, like I said, I'm a song guy first and foremost um has he did he ever have the greatest voice before he got you know cancer in his neck, which or i think that's what it was, or something and I'm sure it affected his vocal cord um I don't know. That, and I know that you're a voice guy and um I just wanted to give him a little bit of propers you know as as someone who made a great mark on the songwriting community and has passed on sure. so I mean there's other people that are on a uh, on a list of mine for honorable mentions and maybe we could talk about that. In a bit as well sure sure
0: and and adam i i I want to go to you as i i i think of you um as our you know kind of country folk guy, I guess I should think of you now as our hip hop guy, but <laughs> hey, um hey you know using yeah, don't, the previous don't uh, me in a box <laughs> using the previous box, I thought you were it uh uh as our kind of country uh, aficionado or or folk aficionado um what do you think about this record and and i
1: i think i think on a I, I've i was given this a lot of spins as of recent, even before this, uh, and I think Tria for it's it's an it's an excellent record, especially given his advanced age and, and health. And I think he's got a pretty cool old man voice. And it, I kind of I kind of like the old man voice. And like Freddie said before, when I get to heaven, I mean, I, I hope you know we all. And and it's, and you got David Bowie writing his own epitaph. I mean, it's just like I don't think Prine uh, was actually you know thinking that'd be the last song he ever recorded. But like, can you really? No can you really like end it much better than that but but aaron if you want to get to the station per se you need to go to the first album and the, the second first one album. as well the, the, okay. john primes oh my oh my god it's iconic song after iconic song it's just like this like anti-vietnam um sentiment with like a country background which was you know it was you know kind of different for its time
3: You know what i mean and just, S- But just sam stone's thing. one of the greatest songs ever written. oh
1: Oh, there's a hole in Daddy's arm where the money goes. That like oh. that just shivers. Amazing. Excuse me, shivers Amazing. every time. Yeah, you got to go to the first album, man. But okay. like, and I think, and, and they, his first couple are good, and then they, and then it kind of goes back and forth for a while, and I think he, uh, you know, what nothing quite hit the mark of uh, the first two, and then and then this one it was just kind of a nice, you know, put a nice bow on the, on a, on a rather. I mean, in in the if you go to the singer songwriter community, if you go into the, you know, into the under underwebs in the, of the you know the singer songwriter world prine is you know
0: he's god mm, the underbelly of the songwriter world yes nice. <laughs> <sounds Really>. scary. <laughs> what, what did i say
3: the great. under what <laughs> uh,
1: the
0: very, very very hairy i bet uh, uh the
3: third <laughs> album is great too christmas in prison great song <laughs>
2: incredible
0: brenda what do you what do you got? uh
2: just a quick note i mean the prine album for me i'm similar to aaron like i kind of never got on board but I, was, I tried with this record, too. It definitely sounds like a legacy record to me, although there were some songs that did pop out for me as being like, oh, okay, the guy. And I, undeniably, he can write a song. But I wanted to shift gears and talk to Aaron about one of your picks. So the Janelle Monet record, I totally slept on. I don't know how I missed it, but I totally missed that record. So I'm really glad you put it on there, but I just want to hear more about it because I, that, that might be my favorite non-me pick of the whole list
0: hmm well um to be honest i i didn't i don't like this it's it's weird i have a weird relationship with janelle Monet. i think she's amazingly talented um and i think she is a great songwriter um but her recent albums actually have kind of uh, you know distanced me from her Mm -hmm. so this was actually a way for me to get back to 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 her and her music um and re re kind of listening to the songs on this, um, the, the what the song that really got me is there's one song called "Say You'll Go," um, and uh, it's it's so it it gives me all the Stevie vibes, um, and for me, you give me Stevie vibes. What, what do you, you mean? They to? have you. You know
2: what I mean? Quick me line and sinker.
0: And then, and not only that though, I think the last um song on this on this record. At the end of it, um, or maybe it's say you go. I can't, I can't remember either say you go or uh by or something. That's that's a title I'm reading and I'm messing up. But um they go into an electric kind of version of Claire Delune. Yeah. And it's just like, yo,
2: yeah, I got joked wow. when I heard that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> love it, love it, love it, love it. And I just kept saying, Love it, love it, love it, love it. And then I was like, Okay, well, that's it. This is this uh, is album is cool um and then just you know just the the sounds you know what i mean the the different sounds on it like i i don't think her voice is that strong um but it's just the creativity around it that makes it just beautiful um and i think recently uh just my own personal take on her recent albums are that there's less creativity and more commercial thought Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what you gotta do i mean like you gotta make some money, so I mean, I don't falter for that, but just from a, my one listener's perspective, that's kind of what I feel on that.
2: I I agree. I think her recent stuff is leaning more on her voice, and I tend to agree with you. Her voice maybe not isn't maybe is not her strongest thing. Her artistry is like I think when you look at her as a person, she is she's got everything to offer. But I what drew me to this record when listening to it was like the tremendous amount of depth throughout that like supports her voice in a really right. beautiful way and it showcases totally. everything that she can do and yeah i was just super impressed the whole record has a beautiful amount of depth and has um takes you through lots of turns and it's a big record it's a really big record
0: oh yeah oh yeah it is definitely definitely um and speaking of uh other big artists i'm gonna go i'm gonna actually go back to you brian real quick because i've been i've been sitting on this one oh, for boy. a little while now <laughs> Bonnie Vare. yeah,
2: let's go there
0: settle i i I and I are you kidding me uh, uh I don't know what to say about this uh i tried i tried i i I know what to say about this. I tried, and I don't understand it at all, and listening to the record just made me angrier and angrier um and I think maybe it's it, it, just from a vocal, as a vocalist, the stuff he was trying to do, I was like, dude, you that's not, come on, dude, that's not, that's not you. That's not, put that down. That's kind of what I was thinking. Um, help me to get over that, Brendan. <laughs> so
2: do you think, you think he's too big for his britches for this album? Is that what you're saying?
0: Uh, For this album? Yeah. I'm talking about like, yeah, yes. For his but... <laughs> whole,
2: yeah, for everything. Well, so like, you know, as I mentioned earlier, this was this was the album for me that was like, all right, I think I get this guy's thing because the whole I'm going to go to this cabin in the woods in Wisconsin and make a record like just didn't do it for me, even though like some of the songs like cool. All right. Like some of the songs did um, did make it through for me and connect. But something about this one, man, like it just I think as a vocalist, it I don't I don't even say that his his voice gets me but i think what he does with his voice is just very interesting he takes he takes the risks and i respect that but the blending of all of the different production techniques of like totally manipulated electronic sound and then he has this string arranger that he works with a lot who um writes these like very intricate and nuanced and almost like avant-garde style string arrangements that are such strange pairings with the music that's going on is that rob moose uh, I think that's right. That sounds familiar.
3: Uh Yeah, he's a local guy, by the way. Oh, okay. Ori- Original. Oh, wow. wow. Yep. he he did a lot of uh uh some arrangement on uh, Amos's last couple records.
0: Well, well don't don't send him this, Sorry. Uh, this, this Sorry. episode Sorry. Freddie. okay? Sorry. Don't don't send him this one, all right?
2: <laughs> well, I will ba- I'll balance that hate because I think it's beautiful work, but I I I don't know, but the songs themselves are great. Like I remember uh, hearing an interview with him talking about Holy Fields and talking about the ho- that whole song is about this like whole population of people from his hometown that are living like this very complacent lifestyle, this lifestyle of like just getting by and not living. Which I'm teasing a I know a song that we're workshopping right now, <laughs> uh, but that just comes to the forefront of my mind. The, and maybe this is a an, an influence on me when it comes to that. But I think that the topics he gets into can be really heady, but then when you think about his lyrics, they do connect in very meaningful ways, at least for me.
0: And 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 Adam, as our resident hip hop head um what do you think about this record?
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, I've given all, you know, uh most Bonnie Vera albums a few spins and I just I can't latch on. I frankly just Really? Can't you on. can't?
0: No. This that's like honest to goodness, this is super surprising for me. Huh. You sound excited.
2: Uh,
1: I, I, yeah. I I'm, I'm surprising you left and right today. Now I've, I've given, i you know, cause he's always got a good amount of hype. So I give him, you know, I give him his few spins and I, I, I don't, I don't know. I think there was a Saturday night live bit where they had something where he was playing, and he was like going to falling asleep while he was playing. And, <laughs> and, 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 it's just sometimes how I feel when I, when I'm listening to it. I just, I, I just, I, I, I can't, I can't latch on. I don't really have much besides that. I I, I can't really trash it. I just, I, I, I'm, I'm in the don't get it bell, but you you know, I'm, I'm not one to give up, but I still don't get it. Uh, so Freddy,
3: check this up? out. I'm ju- I'm looking at uh Bon Iver. Is that how you pronounce it? Bon Iver. I believe so. Yeah. And it says associated acts. Kanye West. What? Oh yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thread. He Kanye guessed it, or I'm sorry, Bon Iver, Justin Vernon guessed it on Adam's pick the kanye pick that was did like, i miss that did you guys already say that <laughs> and I'm way totally at the beginning think, way yeah, at the beginning impacted,
1: <laughs> way, way,
2: way
3: oh bad. my bad <laughs> <laughs>
2: i mean that collaboration definitely put justin vernon on the map into much wider audiences outside of the the hipster indie thing of of i like sensitive songs with a soft voice wow yeah
0: plus i don't like his name next uh i want to go to you adam Mm -hmm. um and talk to you about your pick so well sparkle hard i I really enjoyed this record uh steven oh nice right yeah um i did enjoy it like there was like i i like the i really enjoyed the guitars on it and stuff actually both your picks the kaput and sparkle heart kaput um you know i definitely dig the well this on the sparkle heart one i really dig the guitars and stuff on it um and i i'm actually not familiar with anything from pavement that he's done um I think I must have skipped over that maybe it was my problem stage it, there, or whatnot. it's
1: but. slacker indie stuff definitely don't worry about going back yeah, you know, I was I think I was probably into boys to men at that point in time so Yeah you you weren't listening to slanted and enchanted or crooked rain I'm <laughs> yeah, pretty sure no. I'm almost certain. boys actor. to men
0: abc bbd the east coast family that's hey, where hey, I was
1: at. Uh, just a, a quick, a quick little thing before I go off on Malcomus here. My first two CDs I ever got when I got a CD player in sixth grade. One was the Beatles sixty two through sixty six, and the other one was Boys to Men two. Nice. I listened nice. to the heck out of that, and that's when that was like their that was like their blow up album, you
0: know,
2: Philly style. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, well, well, let's, let's
0: hold that for another pod when we talk yeah. about uh, you know, nineties R and B. or, or to, a
3: pot about our first records.
0: Yeah. Or, or, Ooh. That. Ooh. or that. Ooh. That's a can of worms Ooh. there. Ooh. Yeah. I don't really like my first record, but we'll talk about Bye. that on the, on the ha, save, it a, the save it for the pod. <laughs> save it for the pod. <laughs> save it for the other pod. <laughs> yeah. but, but tell me a little bit more about this. Uh, do, do, do you other guys like the Stephen Malcolm's uh, record that, that Adam put there? Who do you think?
1: I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, uh, Pavement, I mean, like pavement had their moment in the sun and i I don't think steven i mean when i saw steve malcolm's solo like i saw like i've I've seen him a few times but when i saw him like pavement reunion i saw him you know at the man and then at this festival down in in, a merryweather but like when i saw him solo is at like at the tla and there was like a hundred people there it's like i never think his solo stuff caught on but i i think his solo stuff is almost better it's a little more accessible he's he really said he really gets more into the guitars he's he's very pointed with his lyrics um I don't know freddie are you a pavement malcolm's guy at all?
3: Well, you know, it's interesting. You guys obviously are aware of who Huffam Moose is was. Sure.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And a lot of people, uh some people uh pointed out to me that there's some kind of similar similarity between his music and the guys in Huffamoose. Moose. So I could see that. I checked him out because you know, it's a little bit uh progressive, you know, uh smart intelligent, so I have checked Snarky. some of it, yeah, maybe that's it. I've checked some of it out and and I appreciate the musicianship uh I'm not a quote unquote huge fan I don't know enough to really speak mm-hmm. about it but what I have heard has been intriguing to me uh, mm. Brendan
2: yeah i I had never really gotten his thing nah. but i Definitely is on my radar because fans of his and pavement fans are pretty fiercely devoted. Like you they and they are they're very unapologetic about it. So I try listening to this one, but I will say with every week I always put our playlist on shuffle, which for better or for worse, it's mostly just so I can get a taste of everything. And this is not a shuffle album from what i found oh no i think because oh, yeah. um, I, I had to double check a few times i would be like in the other room doing something and a song would come on i was like wait this is also on that record so i definitely would like to listen to it uninterrupted and try to try to get it a little more but i didn't it didn't turn me off but it didn't totally connect
0: it's actually i want to want to follow up with that so the kaput album um i don't think that's a shuffle album either right um, I was listening to one song. I was like, "Ooh!" And then I heard another song. And it was all these um saxophones on it, and I was like, "Yeah, this, I'm digging this." Um, and it was just like song to song. I was like, "What's going on here?" Um, but where you where where did this come from? I I've, I've never even heard of them. Are they like a big band? That- uh, They're some Canadian band. I mean, they they get a lot of like indie cred, but I I, I don't like how how I
1: even came about this. When uh, my record club, we were doing our little. 64 album COVID madness, you know, where we're doing like, we were like, you know, no one was going anywhere. We were doing like five albums. We were like, you know, each, five, there's five of us in the club and we pick like five albums a week, review them. And we put them to a big bracket and someone put, picked this one out. And this one just kind of, I, I don't know where the hell they even got it, but it it just caught everyone's ear and you're just, it's just kind of, it's one of those earworms. And it is like a, it's like a stream of consciousness. The album it has got this kind of like, you know, this really palette, this palette of like keyboard pads. And it just kind of it just kind of moves you down the river. I mean, and kind of like that, you know, and, but, and it really is, you know, out of, out of the 64 albums, it's, I mean, it didn't, it had a tough opponent in the first round. It didn't make it out. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to go divulge too far, but uh, I mean, it was, it, uh, they, uh, it's one where people were like, wow, didn't make I got it out really out my scared. bracket guys.
0: <laughs> it's
1: a bracket buster, but, uh, <laughs> but they, uh, it's one of those where people are like, it's saying it's only like nine years old. You're like, it doesn't even sound like it's from the two thousand tens
0: really. It, it, it gave it, me like a eighties, early nineties vibe. Yeah, but
1: yeah. like but but not and not in like a not in a uh a, like in a stranger things type of way. It's it give you that nostalgic
0: feel, but with like a new twist. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel yeah. That. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I feel that. And um so we're gonna be wrapping up soon, but before we get out of here, I just wanna touch base on um your guys's honorable mentions. Do you guys yeah. have one of um uh give any I'll, I'll give mine first, actually. Right. Um, okay. Sound and Color, Alabama Shakes 2015. I freaking love this album, Freddie. I don't know what you're talking
3: about, dude. (laughs) Um,
0: I think it's amazing. Uh, Next, what what else you guys got?
3: Uh, The Weeknd. The Weeknd. Yeah, Beauty Behind the Man. That guy sings his butt off. Yeah, that's a cool record. He's one of the the greatest new singers I've heard in a long time.
0: The dude with the high voice?
3: Yes. Sings his uh, butt off, man. Yikes.
2: <laughs> I wonder how Aaron feels about them.
0: All right. Keep going. Keep
2: going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Keep going. Go ahead.
0: We, well, I say Brendan, the, weekend makes, the, the weekend makes me want to go to go to Monday. All right. What,
2: what, what else you got?
1: <laughs> uh,
2: you had that one in your pocket yeah. somewhere. You must have had yeah, that one yeah, in you your pocket. Last word on that. Right, yeah, yeah, I'll go. I've got I'm just gonna I'm gonna rapid fire both of mine because I know I know I'm gonna get comments on one of them. My one of my honorable mentions is A Moonshaped Pool by Radiohead. Love it. And that's all anyone needs to say about that. Moving on. Uh, my, other, <laughs> my other one is uh, the National High Violet. That was, I just, I think that record came out at a perfect time for me. And I think they're a very underrated band. Okay. Adam? All
1: right. Um, my two and, and I didn't list these previously just for but uh I oh, just a quick thing on Radiohead. It's nice they had so many great leftover songs to put out an <laughs> album. So that was that was great.
3: <laughs> oh, I he see, got it I did
1: see that on I did see that tour and it was fantastic. I saw it at Wells Fargo. Yeah, it was yeah. out of sight. But um there's two. I got one. Um uh, one would be uh my old country buddy Sturgill Simpson, um A Sailor's Guide to Life. Oh my god, it's like a country soul. I saw I saw that at at, at the Fillmore and it 10, best ten shows I've ever seen.
3: Is that his debut album? That's his
1: third album, actually.
3: Really, I do love that. High, one. Top,
1: High top Mountain is kind of his like little countryish thing. Number two, uh, uh meta modern sounds and country music, which is like the, the the outlaw one, which is very good.
3: That's the one. Yeah, that's yeah. great. That's that, really good that's too. The one it, I that's when I became aware of him, I yeah. believe.
1: But Sailor's Guide to Life is like one up. Where I mean, it's just got the horns and the uh, and also my son was like born around the same time. Oh, and, right, and the, on. and the album's about like you know uh um uh, uh, you know advice for his coming kid at the same time plus, plus right.
0: your, your son's name is sturgill and yeah it's <laughs> Stur- <laughs> Stur- sturgill sturgill Zielinski.
3: Uh
1: I, I use it for both um, and then the other one i want to throw in there is uh, another kind of electronic one m83's hurry up we're dreaming from about 2010 2011 epic double album it's just this really sprawling just Another another one of those that just kinda caught me at the right time. Uh great production. Uh I don't really like anything else by M eighty three, but for some reason they just really nailed they nailed that one. If you ever look that one up, it's fantastic. And and the, yeah, those are my honorable mentions.
3: What about you uh what about you, Aaron?
0: Well, I mean mine was you... the the most one was the Just uh, one? Well and and I was gonna say uh Emily King's album, uh, was it Switch? I really enjoyed that album. Uh it's it kinda goes um, you know, like I, I her crea- the creativity in, in in the music is not as it goes, it goes in a downwards trajectory, um from from album to album. But I really enjoyed that album.
3: It's got that song "Distance" that I like. Yes, um, and also
0: "Sleepwalker" is is amazing. That song. One of
3: my like other uh, um, honorable mentions is uh, Daft Punk "Random Access Memories." Mm-hmm. That was an interesting record. Yeah, yeah, and I so- mean. It's got a great feel to it. Great, you know, got Omar Hakim on drums, Nile Rodgers on guitar. I mean, come on. Right. Can't lose.
0: Right. And, and I just want to point out that um, we, none of us picked any Kendrick Lamar or any Adele or any Beyonce.
3: I was going any. to pick Adele 21. It's a great record. The okay. songs are great, but there can only be three there can only be three here's a question her name is on just about i think her name is on every song as a co-write do you guys think that that was just like hey she gotta have some input so she can get some publishing i don't know (laughs) what do you got what do you what is your feel
0: on that
3: i don't know
2: i've never <laughs> and, thought
0: about it
1: wow. yeah
2: that that is like a whole episode right there of the blurry lines of collaboration and music man but yeah i who knows like sometimes when you're in the room and there's like maybe the songwriter brought something to her and then she did something vocally that impacted the melody and then that blurs the line is like that becomes a co-write i don't know yeah well,
0: well wait a second guys i'll tell you guys i tell you this what guys and I i don't even care what you say if we write a song, and it gets to Adele, and she's like, yo, I love this song, I'm going to record it, and I, I'll just put my name on it. The but, right. I'm going to say, I don't give a f. F, yes, put your name <laughs> on the song.
1: <laughs> put your name on it twice. Those,
0: I don't care what those other guys say, put your, put your name on it twice, <laughs> and we'll roll with it. There you go. <laughs> now, maybe the second song we might have a little, little argument, but the first song, yay. You, you can put your name in the front to it though how about that
3: yeah well every every song
0: <laughs> and on that note i think we're gonna call it a day for this pod uh thank you guys so much for listening to the list of right fiction um uh, again be sure to rate review and subscribe on your listening app and uh we will be back next week with another pod for your for your ears take care